0: Hey there, welcome back to Community Therapy. This is a podcast that gives you the authentic and behind the scenes look at the world of community building, brought to you by High Fright. I'm Morgan Wood, your host. Can you believe that it is our final episode of season one? Together this season, so far we've explored the highs and lows and everything in between that comes with being a community professional, along with some, if I may say so myself, pretty inspiring community builders. Today, we'll be rounding out the season with Adrian Spire, a community builder and author who is making a significant impact in the community building space. Our deep dive for today, we'll be exploring breaking down the AI barrier. So grab your favorite beverage, snuggle into your favorite spot, and let's kick off this insightful and last conversation of the season together. So for today's confession, I think we have a topic that a lot of community professionals can relate to, and also I think will be of interest to you. So here we go. Dear Community Therapy, I'm a one-person community team and feel the pressure to wear all of the hats. I'm aware that this isn't reasonable or sustainable. Please, could you share some advice? Adrian, do you want to go first with your thoughts?
1: What are you saying? Of course, <laughs> do all the things. What you are you crazy? No, it's, it's very true. This happens quite a bit. Um, you know, uh, especially teams of one, I, I think there was a stat I remember reading somewhere, uh, about a third or just over a third of community teams are our team of one. And then, uh, you know, it becomes a stressful thing where you think you have to do all the things. And, um, I actually talk about in my book, what, uh, stress led to, uh, me getting physical ailments. So I'm, I'm a big, uh, advocate for balancing Uh, work life and in in, in whatever ways that you can. Um, I think it starts with a couple of things. One is setting good boundaries for yourself um, and your team, making it clear, you know, what is acceptable and what's not. I think it's important to have really clear guidelines in the community. You know, I think that you need to consider um, having a playbook or guide. Like usually whenever I start a community, that's one of the things that I like to look at and what I mean by that, just to go, you know, peel the onion just a bit is, you know, yes. what happens at like, I don't know, four o'clock on a Friday, if something happens, what, who gets called and how does that get escalated? Um, You know, so I think that you, you need to consider, you know, what the coverage looks like off hours. Are you relying on volunteers? Do the volunteers know who to contact? Is it maybe your support team? Or is there, you know, a moderation, um, you know, system that you can look at? So there's also looking at kind of the the tools within platforms so a lot of platforms have like keyword blockers or ways that you can have certain keywords that get flagged or put into a weight or moderation mm-hmm. situation uh, you know so you have to look at this total solution from that point of view and i guess my one piece of advice really that it comes down to that i've always thought about is if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of your community and uh, the reason i say that is, I, even myself i'm sometimes guilty that and I'll take a step back like I remember I was going through a really rough patch and there was a situation one of the communities I was dealing with and because I was on edge I I handled the situation a lot differently than if I would have taken a step back and had been of Mm clear thought I was much more reactive and if I had been calmer or more um, aligned with myself I would have been able to take a step back and say okay let's not like auto ban right away let's have a conversation and but, you know, like you get you're having if you're having bad times in your life and you're frustrated and then it's like you look at your community like oh, I can't believe this bozo is doing this to me on this day, like your your reaction and, and the way that you will handle it will not be the same. So um, that's kind of just a bit of my thought around, you know, you know, tools and process. But, you know, I th- I think we'll get into some other stuff, but Morgan, I'd love to hear your opinion on on some of that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I very much am a big uh advocate for that, you know, five second rule, just take a step back when you can, because I think especially when you're a team of one, it can be so overwhelming when you have demands from your internal team who are relying on your community for your own business, but then also for your members and having to balance kind of the emotions of not only yourself, but of everybody involved can be really overwhelming. So like you said, taking that step back and giving yourself the space um, and then I'm curious, Adrian, to kind of bounce this idea off of you, too, with setting boundaries with um, your supervisor, especially as you're a team of one. I'm still, you know, on the, like the mid-career track, but from your executive experience, um, have you managed a single community manager or do you have any Um, words of advice from being a single community manager yourself to advocate for yourself. I found in my own experience that, um, you know, you can bring everything up to the surface, but sometimes even then it's not landing quite right. And I know that a lot of our listeners are probably, you know, feeling that sentiment too, when you say, okay, you know, set better boundaries with your boss. What does that look like? Especially being kind of that one person show.
1: Yeah. So I think part of where that conversation is, it's, you know, I don't think any corporation is expecting someone to answer their phone on, on Sunday night. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it all depends on the type of community. So I've spent a lot of my career in the B2B communities and thankfully a lot of B2B communities are quiet on the weekend. So there's not really that expectation. Um, B2C is a totally different animal. So are like gaming communities and other um, such venues. But I think really the the hardest thing is really the early setup in, in the sense that um, if you don't have a core support around you, that's something that has to be built at first. And I'm not going to lie at first, it's really hard, you know, um, especially coming into a role, like that's sort of, sort of a conversation that needs to happen. But what I mean about core support is I'll give a, a perfect example, um, are, uh, when I was working at higher logic, and we had a success community. And part of the thing was, you know, I like to take vacations at some point, or, <laughs> you know, have, ha- have time, uh, away like over Christmas and, um, What would happen is our support team would have basically a shift where they'd keep an eye on the community and they knew who to get a hold of and where to to contact. We had a very detailed playbook if, uh, you know, spam or if there was a situation that occurred, who do they contact or how does that get dealt with, templates of messages that was expected to occur, that kind of thing. Um, so in that situation, there were other people within the organization who could could offer that coverage. I didn't have to worry about the weekends so much yeah. uh, that wasn't really a challenge. Um, you know in my in my history, uh, you know I had a, a community that I was running by myself that had two million page views a month and mm-hmm. you know for the for for the early part of that I was, by all means, I was on all all the time. And the boss was me, right? So it was kind of because like, <laughs> um, it, it was a hobby form that kind of took off and went a little nuts. Right. Um, but eventually, what happened is I found some really trusted individuals who were on the West Coast, one was in the West Coast, one was in England. Oh, wonderful. Um, so we were able to kind of just split up. And, you know, uh, you know, the thing that's the main thing is, when you find these trusted individuals, it's also working slowly. And, uh, making sure that they understand and, and, and having that good communication. Don't just give them the keys to the kingdom and go crazy. I, I, I talk about what happened to me in my situation. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I made a false start with one of the individuals and he deleted all of the content while I was sleeping uh, because he wanted to change his name. He didn't realize that yeah. he could. And if we would have had a, a communication of that, uh would have been better. Um, you know, So you, you do want to move slow in, in, in that sense before you're giving everyone access. But also a lot of platforms have tools that will allow you to uh, put things into moderation or keyword checks or, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm a big fan of leverage the tool and hu- human solution as well. So that there's uh, clear aspects of it. I mean, for the most part, most people's communities are not life or death scenarios. So I think that's just an important aspect of just saying like, it, it being more than just lip service about, you know, boundary yeah. setting, it's like, do you want me to be able to be present and doing a good job? Or do you want me checking? A community at three in the morning and like you know, uh, you know reacting in a, <laughs> reacting in a in a maybe an unprofessional manner or or, or not unprofessional but you know just off the yeah. hip, off the hip as opposed to in, in, a, in a in a smart and understanding way and like I said most business to business communities it's it's different but you know I would also say you also have to also put in front of them what what you can do within the hours that you have. And if they're looking for this extra stuff, well, here's the cost that's involved in order to because there are services, right? There's like Mod Squad and and others that you can you can hire. Or um I remember dealing with some really larger brands where technically there was one community manager, but they had moderators overseas and other mm-hmm. countries. That, uh, there are a lot of services out there that, you know, we'll just keep an eye on the community. Like this we're not yeah. talking about active community management. This is just more making sure that nothing gets out of hand, that there isn't um you know some crazy uh, things that that happen <laughs> while you're off. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is I, I found. I, I mean, I know it's a matter of debate in some communities about how present a community person should be, and you know, are you you know on on the ball, looking at everything, and or are you more hands off? And I've mm-hmm. always been a big fan of being very hands on and setting a good culture and and, and way about it. And eventually, the, the you'll know when you'll be able to take your your foot off the pedal in a in a sense to yeah. some degree when the community is self-policing. Yeah. So I've been in, like, I've had communities before where, like, I've had certain rules about self-promotion or no selling of stuff, right? And I don't need to go and ban or or, or remove the content. Like, people are contacting me going, hey, this guy's doing the wrong thing, or you better remove this before Adrian sees it. <laughs> <You> <laughs> that That's 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 when you know that you've hit that. That's peak. <laughs> yeah, that's peak. That's...
0: And Adrian, one thing that I really liked that you brought up earlier, too, was how to outline this in your community guidelines and how this could actually serve as a tool to help members um, observe one another's behavior, police the bad behavior. So what did you mean by, you know, including those boundaries and guidelines in the community guidelines?
1: Well, it's just some of the, you know, the, the hard and fast rules. So, um, you know what I've always found is that B two B communities, as an example, seem to always be that the promotion seems to be the number one thing, right? Like someone's going, "Hey, check out my service. Check out my," you know. So being really clear, like that is an unacceptable policy. And and uh, you know, like going back to earlier, what I was saying, nothing will be the end of the world in the sense, like if someone if someone posts that at like five p.m. or six p.m. on Friday, and you don't get till uh, Monday at nine a.m., no one's dying because of that, right? Yeah. And then you, and then at that point you can warn them and say, you know, this is not acceptable community behavior as outlined in our guidelines. And hopefully as you build up your culture and understanding, right. That other people would be like, Hey, this is a unacceptable to the policy. So um, the main thing to make sure. And I think that some people make this mistake because they have these lengthy guidelines that end up being, it looks, it looks like a legal document like terms and services that no one ever reads. So it's really important just to really hone in on the, um most important ones. And then, you know, always have that catch-all that kind of like we're not going to deal with lawyerism here. Like it's not in your guidelines. I didn't break the rules. It's like like <laughs> use your common sense, right? Like yeah. Uh, not everything needs to be listed here. It's at the discretion of the community team, but it's it's about having respect for one another and providing value. And that's usually yeah. my um catch all that I use is like when you're when you're contributing content to a community, you should be providing value to the rest of the community. Which is my way to if if ever someone posts something that's of not value to the rest of the community, it's very easy for me to remove move it because I can just say, "Do you think this is valuable to the rest of the community?" No, it wasn't, right? Because you're selling your services that is of not value. Because you know, if you want to share your expertise, or you want to answer a question, that's fine. But if you're just going to be putting ads up and spamming, um, that's not acceptable. Um, yeah. And I also like to look at intent as well. You know, um, what I mean by that as well. There are some individuals who, you know, there's sometimes we'll post something and you know, it's kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not accidental, but you can tell it wasn't, they didn't know any better. But then there are some people that it's like, it's pretty it's pretty obvious what you're doing. Like, you know, for example, uh, one of the communities I have, I, you know, I guess this happens everywhere. I talk about my stamp community. So, <laughs> so be it. You know, my stamp community doesn't allow buy and sell. It, there are no buy and sell posts. So you kind of like, if you're in there, and you, you see that there's no buy and sell posts. And in my rules, I say, there's no buy and sell posting. And then someone puts a buy sell. It's kind of like, if it's, if it's uh, you know, someone that has been in the community a, a while and maybe forgot, or there was a mistake, you know that I'll give them like a warning or something like that. But if it's like pretty obvious that they signed up and like three seconds later, they put a big listing of all the stamps they have for sale. Well, it's like, you just agreed to the rules that say no selling. <laughs> So you obviously didn't care and you're just trying to find places to post your stuff. So you'll get banned. Like I'm not, I'm not giving warnings because that's, there's no need to to give a warning in that aspect because you knew what you were doing and you just didn't care. And that's not kind of people that I want in the community. And, um, you know, we have 2,500 people in in that community. Um, and I have a friend of mine who helps me moderate it, you know, and and it's doable because I have keyword, you know, moderation checks and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a hobby form. Obviously, it's different, you know, for businesses or, you know, association that's doing things, but all the platforms, like I said, have those kinds of tools that will allow you to put a pause or a check on, um, on certain items. So uh, I would certainly investigate in, in in those things and making sure that you educate the folks that will help you out on that aspect, yeah. you know, like maybe you have an overseas um, affiliate or, or, or team that can help. Um, and if not, then it's a matter of, you know, hey, Mr. Boss, like we need to consider a service that will you know, supplement us in some way. Um, there are a lot of services out there that you can find that could provide a couple of hours every night just to look at stuff. So, I mean, it's really up to um, that decision and, and, and having that conversation. Um, I think most people are reasonable though. I don't think they're expecting people to be up at three in the morning. And uh, you know, I think that's a pressure that we put on ourselves more than anything that as opposed to what an expectation is. And I would say is if the expectation from your boss is that, that you need to be up at three in the morning answering community questions, then I would get my resume ready and get the heck out of there.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's such a good point, too, is making sure we give ourselves grace, especially when you're having to wear one of many hats, um, you know, in my own experience one of the biggest barriers, I think, with the transition from a team of community folks to, you know, being a solo community manager is that pressure that I've put on myself to respond immediately. And so I think, you know, you know, a couple tips that I've found really helpful if helpful (laughs) is um, organizing your inbox. So your community, community notifications are up at the top. That gives me peace of mind. So I know I'm not missing anything, for example, Um, and just organizing your workflows to just be really gracious for yourself. And which kind of is a perfect um, segue to, I know the topic we want to, to discuss today, Adrian is how to use AI in community. I think this, is a great uh, segue because I've recently been dipping my toe into using AI into content generation, overall just organization. um, And it's been so beneficial as a solo community manager. And I've been able to read your pieces so far on uh, AI in the community space. And I would just love off the bat, what's your high level take of AI in community building?
1: Yeah, so I think that the thing that we need to keep in mind is um, you know, I think that I think there was a report actually just read it yesterday. Um, they were talking about the chance of exposure in roles and how AI will impact you. So no one's escaping this. I mean, I think the only thing that they had that doesn't escape from AI are like ditch diggers or anything that's, you know, a physical thing, like construction workers or something of this nature. So um, everyone's going to be impacted in every discipline. And I think we're really what it gets down to is knowing how to work with it. What I fear or, or kind of what I've been advocating is for community individ, you know, uh, professionals not to um, slough it off and kind of say, oh, you know, this is some weird technology or I'm not interested or whatever. I think it's you're, you're better to like jump in with both feet and kind of be hyper aware of what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of great tools out there and really what it's going to get down to is um, what they're calling prompt engineering. So it's it's essentially understanding how to ask the right questions. And I think yep. what's funny, and I, I think I talked, I think you were referencing one of the newsletters I was talking about, is that a lot of people who were having a cursory go at AI were like, oh, you know, it's not that good, or the answers are kind of weird, or it's constructed strangely, or it doesn't sound human. And that that gets down to the way the questions are constructed. So one of the things, for example, with ChatGP is a thing called temperature and you can uh, choose the temperature of the of the response that you're getting right. or you can change the tone you can say i would like a sarcastic tone or a funny tone or or a, a you know a casual tone and the temperature of zero and you know that will de- that will determine you know the closer is to zero the more conservative it is and the closer to one it is it's the more creative it is right and then you can have a lot of fun with mm-hmm different answers and like I even had it write some community guidelines for me and I think I even shared that in 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 one of my newsletters and you know the one that was you know very conservative was kind of boring and it was like okay but it was a straightforward it was it was it was okay but then when I went more casual and lowered the temperature down or increased the temperature rather it was a lot of it was much more fun and engaging and I almost was like I and I think even played a trick and I, I had a third one where I put in there it was like actually the AI wrote this like I didn't write it um you know so I think that's the the thing to look at so AI is going to be a big part I think of generating ideas it's going to be a big part of giving you skeletons for things um that'll that'll happen you know like I know for example uh, community playbooks are always difficult yeah uh you know to put together so even asking chat GP like what are some um situations a marketing team should be aware of or uh, our community team should be ready for, or, or, you know, what's a template for responding to someone who's spanned in the community and things of this nature, and then modifying as need be, um, yeah. gives you like a great way to just write out outlines. Like it's, to me, it's really great for outlines or, or, or um, I don't necessarily want to write the content for me, but there are ways that that can be done. Um, the other way too, is, you know, we all know that video is a really hot thing right now. So a lot of tools to create video from text, like you could put up a post and, you know create create some um really engaging visual content that you can include in the community um yeah. you know so it's great too and and there's all kinds of other uh, wacky things that I've seen like one um one enterprising individual I saw did the following which is you can post in the community and chat will answer the question using mm-hmm. their um, API and uh, zapier to do some kind of fun stuff so the response would come, in there and then what i was you know i always say is they could just put like you know answered by an ai bot or you know put it into a moderation queue that a human could look at and then uh release in that way but th- there's a lot of different ways that that can be used to kind of scale up efforts and um i know richard millington did like uh an example where he used chat GP to answer questions in a community although i don't know what the prompts were and how he put it in but i would mm-hmm. argue you know depending on wh- what language you use and how it was done and especially how fast AI is moving, um, you know, I've seen some really, like, it's, it would be hard to distinguish human uh, from non-human. And, you know, especially, in, I, I would think in, like, some technical communities where maybe you, you need some help, or you're, you're not sure, uh, where you could even go to your team and say, hey, here's the answer I'm, I'm posting in the community. Is it accurate? Like, having your internal experts kind of, so instead of asking them to answer the question, the community like, here's the answer I think is right, can you just confirm that's right for me? You yeah, know, might make it even easier, right? So it's about, just creating processes and streamlining things in in, in those ways.
0: Absolutely. And to bounce off of that too, Adrienne, um, recently I was helping a community who um, is in the agricultural space, but the community manager themselves is not from that space. And so um, I was recommending, you know, here are different ways you can use GPT to form those answers to then make it easier for your experts who are internal, but aren't connected to your community to approve it. And so that's a real world example of what you just said of how you can use it as think of you know chat gpt and ai more as your co-pilot or some or something that's helping you to create things more quickly versus having to slog through creating everything themselves and earlier i mentioned i'm like dipping my toe in and by that what i mean is i'm you know creating event outlines (laughs) and being able to like brainstorm with with the AI um, instead of waiting for my weekly marketing meeting with our team. Um, And so there's just like a lot of different ways that you can use it to supercharge the things that you're already doing versus um, seeing it as competition, because I know with new tech, naturally, it's a little, it's easier to fall into the trap of, let's be skeptical versus getting curious. And so I think if community builders remain curious about it and find ways to uplift their work instead of seeing it as competition, does that resonate yeah. with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's what I, ma- I mainly fear is that there's that natural, like, oh, I, I'm i afraid or I don't want to engage in it. I think you want to go the opposite because if you're able to, um. Showcase how you used AI, and you get really good at it. That that adds a skill to your resume. That adds an ability that you can bring yourself forward. And um, you know, if you you're looking for work, or maybe there's other opportunities within the company that says, you know what? Morgan's really good at AI, and she's done these amazing things with video. Let's you know, maybe she can teach the content marketing team, and then you have an opportunity to, you know, upscale your 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 role, or you know, being able to do more with less, or you know, in, in, increasing your team. Another thing too that we didn't even talk about is also when you're first yeah. launching a community, just seeding content. Like I know that's always a, do, a tough yeah. one, right? Like, yeah. oh, what content should I have on the? I, I don't know. And then you can just go to GP, ask it like, "What are ten common questions on this on this topic? You're talking like farming that's or something, good. right?" So there you go, boom, you got, so, you know, and then you and then you're able to use your internal a, SME experts mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, are these questions common questions?" right? They, yes. they say yes or no, or they choose which ones, they reward them. Then you put them in the chat GDP and say, answer these questions. Yeah. Then you get the answers. You can send it back to those experts and say, hey, are these answers accurate? And then it's just a matter of posting it in there. So there's a yeah. lot of different ways that um, I, I'm personally, I'm excited by um, some of the uh, the video stuff like Pictori, um, yeah. you know, that kind you of thing.
0: People's more about the video space, because I know that you've mentioned that. So in what ways have you seen video been, uh, AI been being used?
1: yeah so the 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 way that it works is you're able to essentially take uh written content and turn it into quick videos um you know which is great if you know i know that not every community manager has to deal with social media i know that you know we we can that could be a whole episode about (laughs) community manager versus social media but you know there's an opportunity where you're able to create some video like really cool videos from community content uh with that takes like matter of many seconds, right, to just put it okay. in there and, and put it together so that you could include it in your community newsletter, or just have, you know, uh, reels on, on Facebook, or or ins- rather Instagram, or that kind of thing to get engagement to get people back into the community, or, mm-hmm. um you know, just having some fun, fun little ways that you can in- intersperse um video clips from your community with written content. I mean, there's a lot of different things, right? It's about just, you know, to me, what I'm I see AI as is the way that a lot of community professionals have discovered Canva. Yes. Like Canva was like a game changer for a lot of community folks. Cause it was mm-hmm. just like, I don't need to go to a designer to do like a quick banner or a quick graphic or to create a badge in my community. Like I can use Canva. And so mm-hmm. I see AI the same way, but more from like a video and a written perspective of, you know, I, I don't have time uh, for this or, uh, you know, like the great thing about, um, Chat G P is as an example, you could like put a very long article into and say, "Hey, can you summarize this article in five sentences?" So you know, like sometimes that's difficult too, where you you want to share a piece of content in the community. Maybe you don't have time to read, you know, two thousand oh, yeah. words. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, let's be honest, right? You don't have time Absolutely. to read two thousand words. You, you you put it in there and you you just say, "Can you give me a summary of this article?" You, you can modify it slightly and put it in there and say, "Hey, what are your thoughts, or do you agree or disagree with the author, or you know, some in, in, in engagement aspects of that." um you know, there's also just asking chat GP for inspiration. Like what are the go-to questions or the, you know, like I know some communities do like the poll of the week or the poll month. Well, those are hard, you know, it's hard sometimes to come up with those new um, things like, you know, uh, pineapple pizza, yes or no. Right. Like everyone has that, you know, cake Mm -hmm. or cupcakes uh, uh, you know, jeans or joggers, you know, you know, the the little ones, but you know, chat GP has like thousands of them that can come through there that can kind of save you the time of brainstorm and, um, you know, to me, it, it, it's kind of like your secret weapon. Like You don't need to tell everyone that you're using it, but hey, uh, it makes your job easier and, and, and allows you some uh, ability in that. And actually, I'll, I'll also mention uh, one of the organizations I've been watching really closely if, if people want to learn more about AI is the Marketing AI Institute. Um, they have this great webinar that they do, I think it's monthly. I could be wrong, but if you go to marketingaiinstitute.com, they do like an intro to AI. They kind of talk about all the different tools and how to use them. Um, and, you know, they, they go through them. And the the great thing about AI at the moment is a lot of these tools are free or right. they have free levels to, cause they want people to try them. So it's an opportunity to really find the tool that best fits and suits your needs before you have to start paying all that kind of money. But it gives you, okay. you know, uh, an, an entry into it of being, you know, early on. Um you know, I'm, I'm, I don't I don't believe AI is going to in any way replace community managers. I just think what it'll do is um, it'll just be like an enhancement, uh, just like, you know, I don't know if you drive one of these cars, but, you know, like these smart cars now.
0: Right.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe in 20 or 30 years, they'll auto drive. Maybe I don't know if that'll ever happen, like up here where there's a lot of snow and it's kind of there's no lines to see everything. But right. if you look at the the smart car, like I was driving one the other day and you know, it warned me that there was a car in my blind spot and it, um, you know, it tells you if you're drifting out of the lane or um, it, you know, reminds, it tells you that the roads are icy to be careful. Like it's not replacing me as a driver. It's just giving me more information so I can do my job as a driver better. Like if I fall asleep and it recognizes it, the steering wheel will shake to wake me up. So um, that's kind of how I see AI for, for community people is like, it's not replacing you. It's just... You know, you can you can have like, how do I deal with a, a spammer? Like, what's a template for um, banning someone from the community? And they'll give you some some wording, and then you can then modify it and write it in the language that works for you, and then you can put it into your playbook and and create it in that way. So that's kind of how I see it. I see it as an assistive technology and not a replacement technology.
0: Absolutely, and I love to those two examples. So the first one, calling back to it, is with Canva, because I remember when Canva came onto the scene and um, the initial reaction for folks who maybe weren't yet working with Canva at that point, um, when it first broke out was, oh my gosh, how is this going to replace jobs? What is this going to do um, for designers? Um, And then over time, it's become a tool that not only can your design team use to communicate, it's now like you said, you can use it for badge creation. It's a lot easier. And then as far as it just being an assistive an assistive technology overall, um, I think that's the part that we really have to embrace, especially as one person teams is, okay, you're being asked to wear all the hats, now lean into this. And like you said, you don't have to tell everybody, hey, I'm using chat GPT to generate all of this, but it is a tool that you can use to do that. And it's not, I think, what well, I've seen at least with my own friends in the community management spaces well if I'm not taking the time to painstakingly write write every single line is it still my work and you're still prompting and you're still editing and you're still doing all those pieces yeah it's just I mean nice.
1: it's not it's not going to be cut and pasted you put it in right away and anyways no. going back to the Canva thing too like what I think what was smart about Canva is they put design guidelines in so the thing is mm-hmm. really what happened for designers it gave them more time to work on the big projects and got them out of like another badge request for your community. (laughs) But but what Canva does is they can put like guidelines in terms of font and colors for the brand so that you have guidelines. So you're not like, like I'm colorblind. Right. So they, you know, when we were using Canva, they would have like, these are our colors, Adrian, like don't go choosing yellow and, and, and polka dots, like stay within the color Mm -hmm. palette that's accepted and the font that we're using. Um, You know, and I think that you know, I've seen some, like, as Chat G P gets even further, like, I've seen some crazy stuff yeah. where it'll say, write this article in uh, the, the voice or style of a certain person, Yeah, you know, and I'm sure at some point will end up happening, too, is you'll be able to, I don't know if this is even possible yet, I haven't tested it, but I'm sure at some point you'll be able to paste a whole bunch of blog article links of a certain individual and say, write an a new article on this topic in the style of these other, you know, in the voice or tone of this particular author, mm-hmm. you know, of those links, so um, I just think that there's going to be a lot of great stuff that'll, that'll come in there. And, um, you know, I think also for myself, I don't know about you When you're doing like webinars or podcasts. It's always hard to come up with like, what should our questions be? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like you, you sit there and you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And you sit there and you, you, you try to figure it out, but if you can go to chat GP and say, Hey, you know, uh, what are 10 questions that we can talk about? And, mm-hmm. and then that starts at least a, 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 the conversation. Hey, now that works. That doesn't let's modify that one, tweak this one you know as a you know instead of it just being a total blank slate where you're kind of like staring at one another and going I, I don't
0: know yeah, what abso- I mean absolutely so today for example um what i used chat gpt for was um we had a community webinar in the community i manage where it was about memifying your community so teaching people about the history of memes and growing up in the digital age like I know what memes are, but taking the time to sit down and write out the history felt painstaking. And so I went to chat and I said, okay, what are the highlights of meme? The meme revolution evolution, if you will, and then broke it down into a presentation. And from there was able to grab those highlights. And of course, I went in and designed the presentation myself, but still I had that outline that made it so much quicker. And I did it in under an hour which maybe before would have taken me
1: a little bit longer with yeah because you don't know where to look and at least in this way you could also yeah. fat check some of the stuff as you're going through like oh that's not right yep because <laughs> i know sometimes it gets things wrong like i asked the other day like who wrote the accidental community manager it told me it was richard millington so like, i know that's wrong oh no, my no, God. but i mean that's the thing no, but, it, but it sounded really good and it also yeah. <laughs> i live in vancouver bc i don't i live in montreal but you know it, it, it does make mistakes so you you do need to yeah. You know uh th- that's why I was saying even if you're having it right answers for you you want to have your experts still review it but you yeah. know it's a lot easier if you go to your team with here's what I'm thinking of putting yeah then then hey can you answer this question because actually it might even work into your advantage I mean this is kind of evil if the answers are wrong it's like <laughs> what where'd you get this answer? It's completely wrong well you don't have time to answer it so I had to be <laughs> okay you know what i will i will dedicate an hour (laughs) to the dark side of community (laughs) well i'm just saying you know hey you don't have time no problem i'll answer it with what i can find out on the internet (laughs) yeah there you go hey there adrian we'll give you two hours a a, a day for your answers in the community
0: (laughs) beautiful
1: (laughs) well you can use it for the the net i don't know Was that called like negative ai usage i don't know (laughs) <laughs> negative
0: AI usage yeah. gap <laughs> you know, for- uh,
1: Purposely wrong answers to get people yeah. to help you.
0: <laughs> Just to, you know, I mean, I, in community building, sometimes posting the wrong answer to a question is going to get you the most engagement. So if you really are having time, <laughs> if you're having a hard time getting your team to respond, you could use AI to- Well, I'm not, get,
1: I'm, not I'm not. suggesting putting <laughs> it in the community. I'm suggesting before it goes in there. Oh, I absolutely. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think it also gets back, you know, bringing it back to what that original question was about um, just, you know, trying to be efficient and doing more with less or, or, or um, you know, setting the boundaries and that kind of thing is like, you know, use it as your secret weapon to kind of uh, put the energy and focus on the things that, um, you know, bring the most value in in, in that aspect. And I think by... You know, you kind of just talked about like the the webinar. It's 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 hard to get that outline going. But I mean, if you could go in there and have an outline for a playbook and think of all the scenarios, Mm -hmm. um, like what are all the PR scenarios that we need to think of? What about all, you know, what are the, you know, things I need to consider? um, Or just an outline for a community playbook? I'm sure that you'll get you know some really good information that you could spit out there. Unfortunately, those books are just not uh, published. People just don't put them out there mostly because there's a lot of personal information and um, they are so uh hyper specific to the community. But I can guarantee you, and I mean I've been doing this a long time, and Morgan, I know you have as well, that every major community of any substance of any um, you know, uh I guess the word liability is probably a weird word, but any 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 company that has to worry about like PR nightmares or things that has a playbook. There is a, I mean, they may call it something else, situable playbook, guidelines, whatever it is, but you know, if X happens, then who gets notified? And how does that happen if like the community goes down, which would never ever go down, right? Because yep. uh, hosted platforms never go down. We know that, um, you know. But who who gets contacted, and and you know how how does that work? Who gets um, involved in that aspect? Um, you know what happens if you know there's spam after eleven o'clock, or how do you how do you ban a member? How do you decide if a member can get promoted? You know, like all the things. Because that's the thing. Like there's there's a lot of assumptions one makes. I think mean, that was like one of the top lessons I learned as a community builder is there's a lot of knowledge one has in their head about the community, but if you don't write it down, no one's going to know it and don't Absolutely. assume that they know it. So like, for example, promoting someone into, um, you know, a super user, an ambassador program, like having those guidelines written out, it's really good. Like, oh, I just go by my feelings. Isn't really helpful <laughs> for other other individuals that, oh yeah, like they're very, they answer a lot of questions in the community. They should be an ambassador. Well, no, actually we have guidelines. It's here, section five you know mm-hmm. here the criteria that we look for and this is why that person isn't um uh, you know uh, you know because they were rude or they're they're answering the questions but they're all wrong like this is a part of our quality check and you know but it's true you know because i've seen that there, there are a lot of people that you know sometimes will just assume oh well they answered a lot of questions or they're the most engaged users they should be a, a, an ambassador and so having that um you know i you know for example right now i'm i'm looking for work and i hope wherever i end up landing i'll be very transparent on all the stuff that i can be because i think it would be helpful uh because i just know that stuff's not usually out there um yeah. but uh you know th- those 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 guidebooks are so important they really uh I, I mean that gets back back to the boundary thing right cuz that that is what makes people feel safe and and good in your team is saying i have it all documented on process of how things you know, so if something should happen, here, here's what we we do, and here's where there are concerns on um, things that end up occurring.
0: Absolutely, and it makes me think too of Jenny Weigel's resource with the community uh, roadshow, where um, you're going from you know uh, each department and figuring out what are their key objectives and how you can align with it. But you know, folding in this element as well, where you can also be approaching them and saying, "Okay, here's the plan." After you've already gone back and you agree on those objectives, creating a guidebook can be a lot easier of a lift using AI versus. you know, having to follow up and say, okay, now how do we want to manage this together? You can really quickly scale that up versus having to do it painstakingly with each party. Because I think, you know, one of the things I've learned is that, that when you're able to put a draft in front of somebody and you're able to at least have an outline, it's a lot easier to build together versus both of you staring at a blank page or a blank I mean,
1: that, that's the one thing that, that i can tell you is most bosses i've ever had and senior executives as well is like you know if you give them something they'll definitely have opinions yes <laughs> you know well i don't really agree with that well i mean if you don't have anything it's not you, know, you don't, <laughs> don't have anywhere to go with it but the thing is too um you know maybe it's because i worked at, at a vendor selling software so that from that point of view but we are our, our guidebook for our community was public and the knowledge base for our whole team so the CEO down to like the, you know, entry level support person knew exactly the guidelines for community. So that
0: Pretty if fun. there was a
1: situation it was like, that's where you go. Like, Hey, we just got a support ticket and uh, they weren't approved for the community. They could go in there and they could say, Oh, okay. That's why they weren't accepted. Or I need to contact Adrian or, and I had like a list, like if Adrian's not available, contact so-and-so and, if a- and that person's not, you know, so they could, yeah. if I was out, they, they had kind of a, an escalation chart to which they could go to and, Um, contact those individuals and get the questions answered. And it was funny. It was a living document. That's the other thing. Two people make the mistake you you want done. Um, It was constantly being involved in like things that we thought were obvious. We're like, oh, I guess we should write that out because, you know, my, my team and me who had been managing the community kind of knew the, knew it. But then as we had newer members come on, there were things that we just kind of assumed that people would uh, like, here, here's a perfect example. Like I'll give one as a perfect example. So one of the things that we had is the customer community. So um, we only let in uh, customers into the community. And the way that you would check it is they had to have, they had to be listed either in our, um, uh, our uh, what do you call it? Um, customer success software or Salesforce, right? That we were aware that yeah. this individual was there. So we had someone that was working for us who wasn't approving People at a certain company, and I was kind of like, "Why aren't they being approved?" And he's like, "Oh, well, their email address isn't in Salesforce or in the customer success software." But like, but the company is a customer, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Yes, the company is a customer." Well, I'm like, "If the company is a customer, yeah, let them in. They're they're, they're paying us money. I mean, it doesn't like, because because the way our software, uh, the way we had the setup is, once he accepted them, it would get synced to the customer success and Salesforce software. Mm-hmm. Any anyone that wasn't there would would get added, but he was kind of looking at going, Oh, they're not there. Therefore we can't add them. So it's kind of like, it, it doesn't matter, but you know, for us, it was kind of obvious, right? Like it's, well, if they're paying us and they're a paid customer, they, they should may- have access. But it was like, if their exact email wasn't there, he wouldn't bring them in. And even, and, and 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 in a way that's kind of good that he was checking, but at the same time we, you know, kind of said, well, you know, at the end of the day, if the company's paying us a subscription, they can have access to the community. Like we're not there to police, you know, the individuals that are working there, uh,
0: who should have access?
1: Oh no, they're paying. So it doesn't, you know, if they need access and we had like reasons that you're joining. So it was clear, like I work at this company, I need access for the documentation. Okay, well, you're, you know, by all means. So um, that's, I would say like, we were able to update it, make it clear that then they had that information in there. So it's always good to, um, uh, you know, see it as a living document, make sure that you're you're adding the things, even if you think it's obvious, you know, uh, for you might be obvious. And then for someone else, you know and 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 it may not be critical but like think about it this way if this situation happened and I was on a two-week uh, cruise with no access to internet and that customer didn't get access and they really needed to and they're contacting and no one knows like do we let them in do we not like yep you know and then and they don't even know who to ask it it, it could you know turn a, a very bad ex- customer experience whereas this like within an hour we were able to kind of resolve it
0: oh that's beautiful and i think too when um you know for those li- listening adrian and i are definitely talking about the um you know the communities that are at this point you know really starting to pick up momentum and maybe they have a lot of um yeah. a lot of members and so you know one thing that i i do when i start communities is i start a boilerplate document where i just start collecting all of those templates I'm using or all of the same messages. And then from there, you can build that uh, playbook that Adrian's talking about. um, Because, you know, I think sometimes, at least in my own experience, sitting down and starting a playbook feels so overwhelming at the beginning. And so I think documenting as you go and then forming it, into oh, yeah. this beautiful document like Adrian said because one thing as a community builder is either you already know it or you're figuring it out and documenting it can be very annoying at least for yeah. myself well, so- and everyone yeah everyone <laughs>
1: has their i mean like wherever i go next i'll probably have to start one from scratch but yep. i mean the way i will do it is probably you know hey do you have a kb system cuz i'll use the kb mm-hmm. and I, I will have the i'll probably ask chat gp like what are the main things i need to consider and then Uh, you know, like membership, content, spam, you know, those, you know, those kinds of things. And what are the, you know, and then, and then from there, write it out, you know, under construction because it's an internal document at the end of the day. Um, Absolutely. uh, Here's the only, I mean, not that I disagree with what you're saying. The only thing, the the thing I like to do is I have it public in the KB because I want to encourage other people to add and see and contribute as opposed to it all being on me. Absolutely. You know, and, and a process for them to say, hey, what do I do in this scenario? Like, it's not in your KB. Yeah. Like, let's add a, let's add an article about that. Yeah. Um, You know, because that, that, that helps it because if the, you know, you never know when you're, you know, what happens in life, if you end up going like, that's the thing too, is like leaving a a job and you have all these word documents or Google docs that are like, you may not remember like two years later and you, you had like all these ideas. Whereas if it's on the KB, it's there for everyone to use. Like I try to wear the, company hat in that sense of making it a bit easier, like all the, all the information's there. So someone else can fill it in and um, figure it out in that aspect.
0: Absolutely. And it reminds me too, when you're saying that Adrian, of like uh, build in public, right. Or like build out loud, or also just at the bare minimum passing the bus test. So, you know, sometimes you'll hear folks say like, okay, if something, a terrible incident were to happen, what would the business continue to do? And so being able to have the access to all of that content is also super essential. And also, like you said, it's encouraging people to start building the habit to build your community along with you versus solo, even though you are maybe
1: doing it alone for yeah, now. And, and public is public within the company. Yes exactly. <laughs> and, I, mean, other, I mean you also want to involve your your marketing team because I mean the one thing that people always seem to forget as well is community will be, I, I think it was like the best line I have, was a friend of mine she said, the uh worst day for the company is the best day for the community and she wasn't saying that in 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 a cavalier way she's just like when stuff hits the fan at at a company if like a server goes down or there's Mm -hmm. a controversy the place that they're going to go is the community and she's like that's where all the traffic comes but that's also where the company can shine like i remember there was one customer um that uh we that that we had back then um where all their systems went down but the forum was up because the forum was hosted on on our, our service and um thank god it was there right because you know instead of them going on like social and kind of pillaring the the brand they were able to kind of have that conversation say hey we're aware this is what we're doing you know and they were able to have some community games and memes and have some fun and engage the community and give them updates and have those conversations in a detailed way that you, you maybe wouldn't have on twitter um, I mean, there was still stuff on Twitter and Reddit and other <laughs> spaces, but there was still a lot of conversation happening on their forum. And, you know, that's kind of what the, what, you know, the point is that uh, ha- having the marketing team involved to say, you know, making sure they understand it's a, a primary channel of communication, because some people are just so used to talking about Facebook and Twitter, but you want to have your community as part of that conversation, because it, it will also help you in terms of visibility and making them understand the importance of the work that you're doing. And, you know, Circling back to that other bit that we were talking about the, the 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 teamwork that's involved, right? Yeah, that's like yes, you may be the community manager, but you know what happens to like Twitter and Facebook when the social media person takes a vacation? I'm sure someone in marketing takes over, or there's someone that's monitoring it. So it's no different than um, you know your community. Like you you're saying, like you have someone go in and just make sure, well, oh yeah, everything's going okay, and there's no. Uh, you know, like the community shouldn't stop because you take vacation but it also shouldn't be that your responsibility to be monitoring it because you're on vacation
0: yes absolutely which I think is the perfect way for us to close this out is make sure you're setting those boundaries and having those conversations so Adrian that is I think a great transition to kind of close out this episode. Any parting uh, wisdom for the future of AI and community building, the future of community builders in um, in general?
1: Well, I think, I mean, the main thing is, I would just say, is just take care of yourself. I, I think that that's, you know, right, right now is a really tough time. I mean, there's a lot of people losing their job, the economy is a little bit you know, stressful. And I think just, you know, be kind to yourself, be, be aware that other, what others are also going through, um, with as much empathy as possible. Uh, you know, cause there might be, you know, really great contributors that are going through a rough time or, um, you know, community is going to be really important to them. And, and, um, you know, so just, you know, keep your eye out and, and, you know, do the work that you're doing as best as you can. And, um, you know, and, and you know, I guess from a short story on terms of AI, I think that if AI can help alleviate some of that um, work that is monotonous for you, or kind of help you be more effective, so that you can take better care of yourself, that's really important. I think that uh, we really tend to overlook um, self-care, especially in time of of difficulty. But like I I think I said at the top, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't look out for your health, you cannot. Um, be healthy, and where you need to be mentally to be a great uh, community leader. So um, I highly recommend that people really take self-care seriously. It's not just some buzzword or some, you know, um, weird, you know, hippie kind of notion. It's, it's really important that um, you spend time with your family, that you spend time with your friends, that you step away from the computer and, um, you know, enjoy other hobbies because, you know, your creativity and your uh, passion will will be there to help you uh, make through those uh, more difficult uh, times and situations.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much, Adrian, for sharing your insights with us today on this fascinating topic and in general with self-care. Everyone, be kind. Um, and uh, we'll be sharing all of those links and tools that we referenced throughout today's discussion in the show notes. Um, thank you so much, Adrian. Thanks, everyone. We hope that this season has been both insightful and entertaining for you. Your support on this journey of creating the very first season of Community Therapy, the podcast, has been truly appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or a juicy confession that you'd like to share, don't let the season finale stop you. You can still drop us a line in our inbox at communitytherapy at or you can leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash community therapy. We're always eager to hear from you. A massive thank you to Adrian for being our guest today. Don't forget to follow him on LinkedIn to keep up with all of his latest endeavors. Before we sign off, it's important to remember, as always, community therapy offers a space for discussions on all things related to community, but is not a substitute for professional therapy. If you're dealing with a mental health challenge, don't hesitate to reach out to organizations like the National, Alliance on Mental Illness, or the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Remember, seeking help isn't a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. If you found our conversations this season valuable, we'd appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And rate our podcast. You've listened to a season of it now. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn for the latest updates and insights into the world of community building. Community therapy is powered by Hivebright, an all-in-one platform that empowers you to build, manage, and grow your community with ease. We're immensely grateful for your listenership, and we cannot wait to reconnect with you in Season 2 of Community Therapy.